Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual, and I'm joined by uh, Paddy, my co-founder and uh, co-host. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning. Morning. So uh, in today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about line manager onboarding because in, in small businesses, most line managers have had zero training on how to manage, right? Um, the, uh, I think typically there's an assumption that you can be a manager because you've been managed in the past and that at some point, you know, that, that, that means that you've got the skills and yet we know how much uh, impact it can have when you've got a, a bad manager and, and so on. So, yeah, perhaps perhaps they need more training, and that's certainly the view that we would have is that we need to improve the uh, the training, the onboarding that's that's given to given to line managers. So today, in today's episode, we're going to look into specifically um, what uh, what it is that's needed. You know, why why is line manager training uh, so important? Uh, what sh- should that look like, and um, how how can you quickly introduce that within your business? So. Uh, Paddy, um, why is, let's start with why line tra- manager training is so important. Cool. Well, there's a, uh, a line that's thrown around that I'd say it's quite accurate, which is that people don't leave a bad company. They leave a bad manager. And it's, mm-hmm. it's so often the case. And you, you can see it when, you, when you've been a professional for a while, when you're talking to friends and family, Frankly, there's almost nothing that's more stressful on the on the on their faces than when they're having to deal with a bad manager who isn't giving them the support that they need. And when they've got any other kind of issue within the business, if they haven't got someone who's providing, the, uh, you know, supporting their back, who's not giving them the support and coaching, who's not giving them a way forward, then they're they're in a bad place. So essentially, at that point there's only one option left, which is to to leave the company, to look somewhere else. Um, and yeah, the the result that obviously causes a, a, a huge, huge uh, amount of stress. And the reason it's so important is one, because of the impact, but two, because these are skills which you can train, which you can introduce and the the education you give them the support you give them can make a huge 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 difference as you i think you mentioned in the intro there's this assumption that people can manage simply because they've been managed themselves and so people get promoted to the manager role and the 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 manager of the person who's now become a manager goes well i didn't have training so uh i i seem to have managed and found my way and so they assume the next person can can do the same. But the reality is um, that quite often both of those people will be not doing a uh, a stellar job. And it, it then just relies on, on individuals finding their way, working out what works. But if we can give them that training, if we can give them that un- upfront onboarding, we can make the whole process you know, so, 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 so much better. And we, we've seen the impact of that ourselves in, it, uh, in our own companies. Yeah, I love that. And I, th- I, I, I want to highlight a particular point there, which, you know, which is these are trainable skills. I think, um, you know, I, I was uh, held back for a long time because I was under the um, incorrect uh, belief that being a manager was something you were kind of either you were or you weren't and that it was a bit more inbuilt. 
possibly for some of the reasons that you described, because most people haven't had management training the first time they become a manager. And as a result, I kind of assume, well, maybe I'm just not the right fit for that. Maybe I haven't got the people skills and the the natural ability to, to be a good manager. And I think that was a shame for me. It helped me back uh, for a long time, uh, as as we've um, referenced on other episodes. It, it meant that I, you know, I was slower to hire, and when we did hire, I was then more reluctant to be a hands-on manager. And yeah, it it, it made things a lot worse. It, it, you know, in one case, it led to an, uh, a otherwise good performing uh, employee leaving because they weren't effectively managed by me, and yet. They are definitely skills, techniques, processes that a line manager can learn to be able to do a really good job. And as a result, you know, within our organisations, the managers, ourselves included, are often described as the best managers that uh, the, 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 the direct reports have ever had. And that's not by accident. That's not by us hiring people that are specifically good at being managers. Or, And in fact, I think in all cases, I think it, with the exception of one case... I think everyone that we've had as a manager in the organisation has previously not been a manager. And um, and I think that's that's crucial, that it is entirely possible to get someone um, kind of up to speed and able to a, able to do this. But um, let's let's go into, like, what do they need to know? What, what are the things that a line manager needs in terms of their onboarding training so that they can do a good job uh, as a line manager? Cool. So there's... Essentially, it comes down to a, a few core uh, responsibilities that you have as a line manager, and just knowing how to to do them. So ultimately, it's useful to be aware of your your goal, which is to help uh, the people that you're supporting to improve their performance, to get the best out of them, and to reduce churn. And those two goals are are simple, but there's kind of a lot underneath it. So by reducing churn, clearly you need to be making sure that they are that they are happy, that they are growing, and everything else. And so this is your uh, end goal but to achieve it there's some really tactical things that you can put in place um i think the the most important of what the most important place to start is probably how to run one-to-ones uh certainly it was a massively eye-opening uh area for me until i uh basically had this training i i struggled to see the benefit of having a weekly one-to-one it felt like a, a lot of the time taken out of the uh, calendar it felt like stuff that could be covered on other meetings and so on and yet when you when you dig into it and when you understand how it's meant to be used or how, how it uh, works most effectively it, it's eye-opening and so actually the way I learned was I was listening to uh, a podcast called the manager tools and they have a section on basics and one of them is one-to-ones and the the guys who are running this po- uh, podcast, one called Mark Hosman, and sadly the, other, the name of the other one has uh, escaped my my memory. But the the guys that are doing this, they they essentially tested one to ones with tens of thousands of uh, individuals across hundreds of businesses, uh, and done it in a really methodical way. And they'd tested what happened if you did one to ones weekly or biweekly or monthly and if you did it for half an hour an hour and all the different ways that you could use that agenda and they discovered a few things they discovered that it doesn't work to do a one to one uh monthly you have to be doing it every 
uh, every week. And there's a real reason for that. And the, the reason is, as a manager, you need to have a strong relationship. Like Your relationship with your employee is really important. Because if you don't have that relationship, if you don't have that trust, then they won't be able to come with you with their challenges. They won't be able to approach you when they need help. Anything else that you want to do, coaching, delegation, uh, any other kind of support isn't going to work without that relationship. And so that that weekly session, it becomes really important. And then it's tested and it went half an hour, an hour, whatever. And it's like, you know what? A quarter of an hour is too short. An hour, it doesn't deliver more benefit than doing half an hour. So half an hour works great. And they've even tested it down to kind of what days of the week and what goes in there. And when you understand, one, for me, I like to know that it's been, you know, uh, this comes from a place of research, not just kind of mm. going, mm, it feels like half an hour would be nice. One, that it's been tested. But two, the reasons, I can, it becomes really clear. And they, they do a good job of explaining, like, if you have a relationship and you want to have a relationship with a colleague at work, then checking in once a month, that is not yeah, having a, a close relationship. That That is being absent. Whereas checking in weekly, that's being someone who's paying a lot of attention and then the, the employee feels you know cared for. They feel that they're able to raise their issues in a timely fashion. Even two weeks, you know, if you've got a big issue that's burning on your head that's causing you grief, waiting two weeks to share that is too long. A week is is fine. And it's it's all these little bits um, that kind of build up. And it, it just becomes really clear. And it's really tactical. It's really easy to then apply it. It's basically, okay, we'll have one-to-ones and we can apply it. And then alongside it, it's uh, how to run performance reviews if you do those in your organization. And there's a few key skills. Feedback, how to give feedback, uh, how to coach, and how to delegate. And... Actually, that's the core. That's it. It's like basically how to do one-to-ones, put them in the diary, and there's a certain uh, agenda. Uh, how to do performance reviews when they come up, if that's part of your uh, what you do in your organization, which I'd highly, highly recommend. And then how to give feedback, how to coach, how to delegate. And in each case, there's some tactics, there's some specific ways that you can approach that to get great results. Yeah, I love that. And I think... Um... You know, there are other there are other things that are involved in management, like goal setting and you know holding people accountable and so on. But largely, when you've got those things in place, when you've got your one to ones, when you've got performance reviews, and when you've got um, the ability to coach, um, you're able to to uh, address those things, right? You're able to make sure that you're using uh, those processes and and check ins and so on to help them. Uh, you know, ask questions so using coaching skills uh, to help uh, set appropriate objectives and, and help them achieve them. So I, I think that's awesome. But it almost sounds like too simple a list, right? So um, let's let's explore uh, perhaps an example of where the training would add a lot of value. So uh, perhaps whether it's a specific example or more general, uh, what what comes to mind? I think that example around the, the one-to-ones is a, a a good one, and I can take it a little bit deeper. So um, you've got this half-hour meeting. There's a good reason for it to be, to be that that long. But then what do you do in your one-to-ones? And what happens in a lot of organizations is um, you have a one-to-one and you basically have a coffee and a chat, and then both people leave the meeting going, well, that was kind of nice, but I've got other priorities. And then after a week or two, you start going, is it okay if we cancel this one? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Mm. Uh, because essentially that's all you're, you're doing. Yes, it's great for a relationship, but no, it's not giving you a huge amount of um, uh, value. Another common thing which happens is 
it becomes the line manager's meeting. And so you get half an hour to do the one-to-one the -one, and the line manager uses that to basically tell you everything that he's observed or she's observed and uh, how to correct it and what they want to see in the next week. And the line manager feels all, all great, but essentially that's that's kind of micromanaging. That's, that's not uh, listening and understanding it. Now, the way that you want to approach your one-to-ones is uh, to treat it though, as though it's the um, your direct, direct reports meeting. And for them to come into the meeting and be able to use that time that they've got with you to address the things which are top of their uh, top of their mind. And I really like uh, again from the training that we we went through uh, using the these podcasts and other resources. I really like the way that, that we're encouraged to start with a uh, a simple question every single time they know what the question is. For me, uh, it's a how's it going. And I literally say it in that voice every week. Uh, and I'm not asking, how's it going today? Are you feeling a bit fresh? Uh, I'm asking, seriously, if we reflect back on the last week, how's it going? And I, uh, I will be teaching that to, like, when I have a new line, uh, direct report. That's something I'll be sharing with them, what I'm doing, why I'm asking that question, what I want from them. Mm. And it, it gets results. It, it gets them to open up. It gets them to talk about the challenges which aren't just uh, the things that are happening at work. If they've got some massive stress point in their life, it they can share that with me. And it's important as a manager, I, if they're not in the right place mentally because of something outside of work, it's really valuable that I can be aware of them and I can support them. Um, so I, I ask that question. And then after a few minutes, once we've shared that, you know, Honestly, if if needed, if it's a big thing, if there's a bit major problem in their life, then we can spend the whole time on that on that point, and that's fine. But assuming that we're able to to move on, I then say, okay, what's your agenda? And I then guide them through the the rest of the call and make sure just at the end that I've got a moment to provide my own input and and coaching. And this structure is something that I learned by doing the training by essentially onboarding myself as a manager and learning how to approach it and the reasons why. And the results are amazing because we've got direct reports who are uh, feel that they've been amazingly supported and listened to, that they feel that they can be open with any challenge in their lives, which means that not just in the one-to-ones, but any other time that something comes up, they, they can do that. It means that they are um, able to share the biggest blockers they've got for work. They can be proactive and empowered to move their own priorities forward. It means that they can uh, focus on their own growth and what they want to achieve and get your input on it. And that's that's what you want. That's what, mm. what you want from your team. You want to empower them. You want to bring the best out of them, not micromanage them, not ignore them. Um, and so that that's just kind of one example of where this training, where this onboarding can have huge value. and. There's just, a, again, management, you can cover endless different areas, but there's a few core ones, uh, such as doing one-to-ones, such as knowing how to, to delegate, um, and learning those core skills will make you better than 90% of the managers out there, and it will have a huge impact on your team, on yourself, on your company. It's, it's so valuable. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, as uh, I love the example that you give there around the same question starting every one-to-one. -one. Because firstly, as you say, it's very, very powerful. But it's also a perfect example of where that does not require someone to be innately a brilliant manager. Anyone can learn to ask that question at the start of their one-to-one -one. 
And yet it's such a useful and powerful way of doing it. And I think that, you know, it's a great example of how we've kind of overcome, uh, I think personally for both of us, I don't think either of us felt like we were good managers out the box. And and so those sorts of techniques and learning from podcasts and, and so on that we've then kind of built into our mon- manager and onboarding and training that we used on ourselves and then now use on the rest of the team. Um, yeah, can kind of start with anyone wherever they're at, right, in terms of their their skills as long as they want to want to manage and are happy to follow the process so i think i think that's really really um powerful in terms of impact like i've seen um example right so in our in our own business uh i remember a long time ago essentially hiring a freelance finance administrator um and the idea was like i want some help on the bookkeeping and so on but i really don't want to have to manage someone so i'll hire, hire someone that's experienced uh, they're offshore and initially things went well and they just got on with it and it was great. I didn't do any management, didn't do any one-to-ones, didn't do performance reviews, nothing. It's like, nah, it's bookkeeping, they can do it. And the, to some extent, the same way as one might would with an accountant. You wouldn't necessarily expect to have one-to-ones, weekly one-to-ones with your accountant and performance reviews and so on. Um, the problem hit when I went into the accounts one day to you know, I don't know prepare for final uh, year end or check something, and I saw that they hadn't been updated in three months, no bank reconciliations, etc. Two to three months of nothing. Uh, and I spotted some errors at the time. And um, I realised she had just stopped working for us. She hadn't been continued to charge. Like, it wasn't a, you know, fraud kind of thing. Um, she just stopped working for us. And to this day, I've still, like, I reached out. I didn't get any contact back. Like, I don't know what happened. But isn't it horrendous that it took me, like, two to three months to find that out? Um, and operationally, that's bad for the business. And I'm just lucky that that was in an area where it, at the time I was able to recover it relatively easily. But for any other part of the business, that would be really, really painful. You know, if you find, found that your marketing had just stalled for two to three months, that's going to have a material impact on your cash balances. Um, and fortunately, in her case, she wasn't doing chasing payments or anything like that. Otherwise, again, it would have had a material impact. So I think that's uh, that's a, an element of those important things that when you teach that to your teams, it's really powerful. And I think particularly as you grow, your um, your organisation, the culture of your organisation, the performance of your organisation will be largely impacted and dictated by the ability of managers in your organisation to performance manage and coach and support the employees. For example, we've got a client who... Um, She's fantastic uh, uh, business owner, grown a business really, really quickly. In the past, generally not liked management and has avoided it um, and uh, certainly hasn't provided onboarding and training to managers in the business. Partly she's felt like, well, everyone's a better manager than me anyway, so I'll, I'll leave it to them. Um, problem is that uh, when she's then dug into certain parts of the business, she's then unearthed poor performance. So examples of poor performance continuing for a long period and when she starts digging uh things then start getting covered up or that things uh you know every time she lifts another stone there's you know there's there's more worms there's more problems that she has to deal with um and uh and ends up frustrated she ends up frustrated that it's like why have i ended up with such rubbish people you know these low performers i should have gotten out the organization sooner why why didn't i 
And I think the, the, the challenge when I look at those examples is it's an issue of performance management and one-to-ones and coaching because those are team members who have not had a regular review of how are they doing and, and in, you know, an in-depth look into how they're performing and coaching and support to, to help them back to performance or managing them out of the business if they're not performing. And we've, you know, in the past, we've worked with very large organisations where in some cases we've seen whole divisions where because the organisation hasn't been managing out bad performers, guess what happens to the good performers? They don't want to stick around because they don't like working with poor performers that get away with it. They don't like uh, doing the lion's share of the work and and not getting any credit for it because they're managed in exactly the same way. And so I think if, if as a business leader you're looking to to grow and build your organization and have a great culture and get great performance, you have to make sure that these manager skills are being used by the leaders and then anyone in the business that's managing. Because it's so crucial to make sure that you don't end up with a toxic organization and poor performers and people who don't feel supported and the best people leaving and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I I love that. Um, One thing that could be a challenge for people, though, is... It, even though it's simple, right? One-to-ones, coaching, performance management, you know, those sorts of, um, uh, you know, those sorts of things. Like on the face value, it's like, oh, that's a simple list. But there's a lot of depth there. And, you, you know, you've shared some examples of specific things and frequency of meetings and length and agendas and all these sorts of things. Um, so sometimes that can be a little bit overwhelming for people. So how can someone introduce this uh, to their business? Yeah, good, good question. Because you, you're right, there's different layers as you as you essentially become more mature, as you build in these uh, additional processes and so on. But the important thing is to start. Um, I think the if you are currently not doing one to ones weekly, then working out how to do one to ones and just introducing that will deliver so 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 much value. I cannot uh emphasize this this one enough it's so um so important and then you can learn the other skills and build in other things performance mechanisms and then work out how to deal with the situations where you've got poor performers and and so on um but those core skills actually they're they're pretty easy to get a handle on if you know the right place to to look and uh to support people here what we've actually done is created a uh, template which you can use and if you are a business owner who at the moment going uh, we well i don't line manage my team myself and so it doesn't happen consistently across the organization i'm not clear on this uh, area yet or a business leader or whatever then you can start this and you can just do it on yourself and then look at how to uh to expand it and this um checklist we've created will basically take you through the core skills um what we've done is we've linked to uh the podcast i mentioned earlier manager tools basics because they've done a really great job of capturing um the core skills that you need as a line manager they actually call it the i can say the holy trinity something trinity probably not holy um but they they capture the, the, the trinity of key skills around coaching delegation um and oh which one have i forgotten uh and giving feedback so coaching delegation giving feedback and how to run one-to-ones and they cover it on a series of short podcasts and just listening to that will give you the insights as to why you need these skills 
how to do them in a really easy, uh, easier to approach way and tactics that you can just start rolling, rolling out. So you can start with the one-to-ones, get them scheduled, uh, and then listen and start applying those lessons. And then over time you can work about, okay, how do we, uh, introduce this, uh, you know, to, to more people and, and build on what we've got. And actually with the, um, the way that we'd encourage you to do it is to use a, essentially it's an onboarding checklist. So that the template is an onboarding checklist you can use in yourself, and then you can repeat it with other people so they can go through the same steps. And, uh, we've got an, a, a great example. We, you know, we've got a small organization and I, and below me, I've got, uh, one of them is the, the head of engineering and below, uh, him, he's got some other developers, um, supporting and if I didn't have this, so I didn't have this kind of mechanism, what would happen? Well, I would have kind of eight direct reports and I know two things. One, um, uh, one, I, I do love and get a good value out, out of the managing when I'm doing it. But two, when I see all those meetings in my diary, it, it drains me. Uh, and I find that to be uh, a big burden on my week and, and a hindrance to the business because I, I, there's so many other tasks that I could be doing. So even though it, we've only got a, a few people under the, uh, the person below me, and even though I think, you know, he's in his, uh, early, uh, early to mid twenties and hasn't done management before I knew based on the way that he approaches work generally, that he would be able to do this, uh, type of work easily. And I had the, the, the onboarding checklist, which I could just hand over and he, he went through it. And he's smashing it. And the people below him are absolutely delighted with their line manager that I'm absolutely delighted because I'm spending so much less uh, time having to do uh, direct delegation. I know the people across the organization are getting the support they need. So it's a really, really powerful thing. And then over time, of course, you can layer on more advanced performance management and so on. And we've actually got templates for that as well. But I, I would start like today, look at this checklist, go through it yourself. You can do it in your own time. A lot of the learning is just listening to podcasts, which you can do when you're out and you're walking, put those one-to-ones in the diary and you will already uh, be going into the, you know, the top half of the managers. And that can be from a starting point of being someone who feels uh, perhaps aware deep down that you're, you, you, you're not sure how to manage that you have never had training before, because that's the situation that so many of us find ourselves in. Yeah. I love that. It reminds me of, um, uh, you know, talking to one of our customers, uh, Nick James at Expert Empires, he, he uh, was saying how uh, the temptation, I think, for businesses as they grow is that the business leader ends up being the blocker by directly managing too many people. And uh, he said that personally he'd found that the kind of limit was about seven direct reports. Like if you get into there, it's it, you're hitting too much pain. And particularly if uh, you're acting as what he described as a player manager, you know, where you're both, yes, you're a manager for people, but also you have a role in the business in which you're actually doing stuff, whether you're a salesperson, whether you're in operations, whether you're doing the finance, whatever it is. And so typically, I mean, our experience has probably been that as a player manager, you start hitting the limit at four or five direct reports. I think Peter Drucker had a model which was like six or seven. And I think the key message there is, as a result, as soon as you're getting to four, five, six team members in your organization, you need to be thinking about how you're onboarding 
uh, other people in your organization to be able to be a manager. Otherwise, you're going to hold on to it too long. You will hold people back. You'll find that you lose some of your best performers. You'll find that uh, you end up tolerating poor performance. Uh, you'll find that um, you're not able to delegate and get the performance that you want in your organization. And as a result, it stifles growth. So, um, as uh, as you said, Paddy, you know we've we've shared a uh, we've got a, an onboarding checklist available. I highly recommend that people check it out. We'll uh, uh, we'll link to it in the in the show notes so that people can can access that. We also highly recommend the Manager Tools Basics uh, podcast and uh, the Effective Manager by Mark Horstman as well, which um, uh, is a is a, a great book on the, on this topic. In fact, there's, I mean there's, there are loads of books on how to be uh, great managers, like the One Minute Manager and all these sorts of things. But um, I think we've we've referenced a lot using the the checklist because otherwise i think it could yeah. be a bit overwhelming right the uh the reason i refer to the the effective manager why we recommend that one it's, it's actually um by the same people as the podcast yeah. and provides a really structured approach going through exactly the same content the the podcast it gives you a way of just getting uh, initial nuggets yeah. in half an hour if you're someone who likes audiobooks then go straight to the effective manager and it'll walk you through all of the key uh the key concepts and of course there are I've got a bookshelf of uh, books for managers and I find that they all provide little uh, additional insights which you can kind of layer on, but I haven't found kind of a better foundation for putting the core skills in a really kind of a systematic kind of t tactical approach that you can you can apply today. So um, I would uh, yeah, definitely recommend the, the basics and the effective manager and then our, our onboarding template gives a, a way to guide you through it, but also to then scale that up in your organization so you can start delegating this. Fantastic. Thank you, Paddy. Now, as regular listeners will know, we also run a uh, weekly webinar on how to free up 15 hours per week and remove the constant stress of running a business without slowing down growth. Uh, it's typically every Wednesday at 1 p.m. UK time, although I think the next one is on a Thursday, but you can find out more and register at www.airmanual.co forward slash webinar. And a final note for our podcast listeners, as a new podcast, we need your help. If you found today's content valuable, please just take one minute to leave an honest review. This will help the podcast get more visibility and help more people. And if you're uh, interacting with this on social media, please do repost, share, like, subscribe, etc. It really, really helps us and we do really appreciate it. Otherwise, until next time, have fun.